Grand Moth Tarkin. I am honored by your visit. Welcome to Grand Moff Talkin', delicately curated, long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga. There it is. <laughs> brought the to Wars. You. Whoa, what is it tailored to, specifically? Oh, actually, it's tailored to the modern fanatic. To the modern Swift. Uh, to the modern Lautner. You know what, guys? It's brought to you lovingly each week mm-hmm. by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, <laughs> Riley, who messed up the intro, I think. Jake, that's me, <laughs> and Isaac. I get knocked down. <laughs> yeah, what he always gets up again, listener, listeners. I'm, I'm Yikes. done. Um, I finished. I can't imagine anybody over. has even listened this far. No, after my hello. <laughs> I think the intro is funnier if we say it as fast as possible, and we always tend to take as long <laughs> so as long. possible. <laughs> it's because I'm trying to remember what it is. It's laborious for our listeners who, I know they're out there, who want to learn this by heart. I can't say it to imagine their that's ones. the case. Hey, I'm listening to this new podcast, Grandmother. Oh, what's it about? <laughs> well, let me tell talking. you, Grandma. <laughs> Grandma talking. Grandma Are there talking. listeners who think that our banter is part of the the uh, the actual Star Wars it's universe? All scripted. What? Yeah, is it all part of the script? Yeah. Our banter is scripted. That last Reading episode was Yeah, that's why it's so the good. Microphone. That's why it's so good, Turn our down. podcast. is because we write it all down beforehand. Hey guys, can I ask you something? Hey, oh. let's hear it. Are we talking about The Force Awakens still? Let's get into this before everyone completely jumps ship. Um, where do Jump we end? Where do, I don't know if there's anybody do, left. Where but... do we, end? we ended off with um, talking Rath- about Wrath Tars. Wrath Tars. They get it. They go into hyperspace <laughs> and they start head. They start to head somewhere. Before we get to Maz's castle, though, Grand there's Rath-tard. there's some cool stuff that happens on the Falcon. I, I like the banter a lot. It's a, maybe a touch fan servicey, but I love the discussion oh, okay, of yes. Han Solo, me the one who made the Kessel Run in fourteen parsecs, so and he's like twelve, and and I like that from her perspective, he's the famous smuggler. From Finn's perspective, he's the general in the rebellion that right. crushed the empire. That's I, a smart bit of screenwriting. I, I like the the reputation that Han Solo has. I think the best part of that is they turn to Chewie and ask for clarification. He shrugs and goes like, "No, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> that a Chewie is very good in this. He's so good in this movie, and I I like Chewie grabbing Finn by his collar and <laughs> oh, dragging yeah. him up. <laughs> it, it, he he gets so many great moments. JJ is clearly a Chewie fan and was yes. like, "I'm going to write the best Chewbacca movie we've had." So he made far. he 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 admits it. He made the one misstep at the end, yeah, which was just an oversight on his part where Chewie just walks right past Leia after Han. Totally dead. understandable misstep but, to me. Yeah, I, I it's think it's noticeable now that people have pointed out to me. I think I think if you if he had thought about it, the way to go is to have Leia reach out for him and him, him just kind of brush her away or something because Ooh, that's well too much. I don't know because. You know, their excuse is he's going through a lot at the at that moment. He just failed. I think to show that failure, you go, oh, Chewie's not having it. He's not dealing with this well. But it's just no, an, I, oversight. Okay, it's I just an oversight. Who cares? Um, I, yeah. Do you believe <laughs> no, it, it retroactively ruins Star Wars forever. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's all done. Because J.J. is good at lying. He said specifically that Khan was not going to be the villain in Into Darkness. He's really so good at lying. No one did guessed he, it. Did he actually... <laughs> Just, is he good at lying or does he just lie? <laughs> I was gonna say, is he lying about Chewbacca? Like, is there actually something? Did people just catch on to it? And he's like, "Oh crap, I need to think of a 
Wait oh, to explain this away. No, he he totally no, he had to. Says ex- that. Yeah, he says he, I know he said it. He but says then he, he also forgot said, about it. Khan wasn't the bad guy in the darkness. No, I'm really stuck well, what on this is one the point. lie that you're talking about? He's admitted. He's like, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was he was lying about actually. It would be lying if he's like, no, there's a plan that's gonna pay off in episode yeah. eight. That would be a that's lie. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think Isaac knows what, what if a lie there's is. a plan that's gonna pay off in episode eight. I don't think that would be a kind of confusing plan. When I'm right, aha, because of my whole ruse about not hugging you that one time. I'm gonna drink your delicious tears when you are all wrong. Please do. Episode eight. Oh, please do. <laughs> when we cry when Chewie dies because a planet crushes him. Remember that time Chewie died in Legends because a planet crushed him? Nope. Is that remember. what happened? Yeah. He throws Anakin Solo onto a ship at the last minute because these two planets are crashing Is this going to happen in that Young Jedi Knight series that I haven't finished yet? At some point, it Might probably I will. I think, I think it happened was, in the Young Jedi Knight. It was somewhere. an episode of Full of Sith where they had R.I. Salvatore on the show where they interviewed him about uh, Vector Prime. And it's kind of interesting going through, like, the thought of that time. Vector Prime is the planet that killed oh, Chewie. That yeah, was the book that killed that's Chewie. That's the book. That's the right. Book. It wasn't Young Jedi Knights. It was the. It was the first. Did Chewie die by getting hit with the book? It was the, the first NJO. of the Jedi Order. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know a lot about anyway. expanded universe, guys. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Isn't it extended, Jake? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Sorry, I misspoke. Um, now, here's one thing. We soon after this, because Han and. Ray. Oh no no! You know we should talk about first. Him talk his little speech. His little speech. It it gets overlooked. I, I think because it was this. in all the trailers and we've seen it a hundred thousand times because it was in every trailer. It's true, all of it. Yeah, that one it. little moment of it. But but that whole speech is very good. I would say it's great. Very it, good. It, it's why this movie works for non-existing Star Wars fans. Like it's a great entry point into the series because. It's a little bit of exposition that if you're a fan, you're like, you need to know what Han's perspective on this is. How The way he explains this to these kids is going to tell you something about Han Solo. Who? But the the rebellion in general. I was trying, I to get, trying to get you to say the Maz thing. Oh. <laughs> anyway, continue. Um, so <laughs> He was almost going to do it, guys. Sorry I interrupted you. It, no, no, no. I never do that to you guys. Can we say that? We don't interrupt each other on this show. There's no cross-talking, which people hate on podcasts. Um, but if you're a new fan, you're finding out about this important information that you've not known yet. But it's also just, even if you are just seeing this movie for the first time, you don't know about this whole thing with Luke feeling ashamed after his he failed his apprentice who turned to the dark side and all this stuff. Is there any possible way to have knowledge of this movie not have the context of Star Wars up to the point where you would understand at least a little bit? Yeah, there's sure I there's some people. There's a lot of people that this was their first Star Wars movie because it was new and it's weird. Yeah, I can't yeah. see beyond my own nose, so. Yeah, we just, uh, he has a pretty giant, giant nose. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I have the first guys <laughs> the podcast picture of us probably going to be out there of us and our beautiful little faces. They're going to think joke? it's me because I got the biggest oh, nose. Oh, I get the, oh, I have the biggest sad. nose. For I have sure. the second biggest. And then <laughs> Isaac I, definitely has the smallest. He does. I've got the little baby booper of a nose over here. Little baby Isaac nose. Okay, my first. I don't know why this was the first thing I wrote down. Han Solo in this scene where he's talking to Ray and Finn says, "The the ones who knew him best." And he's clearly like trying to not refer to himself. Right. He's trying to distance himself from it. I used to know him. They know that he went looking for the first Jedi temple. Mm -hmm. The map to Luke Skywalker is a map to the first Jedi temple. It's not a map. Right. It's not like. Luke Skywalker's like got a Luke, tracking device on him. Yeah, he left his location in a secret, yeah. They're looking That's for a map of the first... The Force Awakens, and it's unforgivable from my perspective. 40 reasons why the Force Awakens sucks. <laughs> no, so because what Kylo then says later when he's talking to Rey in the interrogation room is we already have most of the map from archives from the Empire. Now, the Empire wouldn't have archives of a Luke Skywalker map from the future. Right. They would have archives of the Jedi Temples. Right. 
So I think that's a bit of clarification that I, I, I noticed uh, upon rewatch is that that's what they're talking about. That's what the map is. That's yeah. what the map it's is. Not, yeah, hey, it's map. not his location. So, <laughs> guys, we haven't talked about uh, what the First Order's been up to for uh, for a hot minute. What are they doing right that's now? That's what I was going to jump are we into. Getting, are we getting there? That's what I was going to go into. It was my, my next note. Can somebody explain Starkiller Base to me from a logistical point of view? Because no. we, we cut pretty soon here to the First Order. They're, they're trying to find, obviously, BB-8, who they know has, has the map. They know that now Han Solo is in possession of the droid because of um, the Quavian Death Gate. They aren't on Starkiller at that point, are they? Yes. They cut to Starkiller Base, where we hear the Nazi speech from General No, Hux. no, no. We're not there We're not yet. there yet. We are there in my sentence that I'm speaking they of They right blow now. <laughs> up Starkiller Base while they're in Maz's castle. We're not in Maz's castle yet, at least from where we're talking. We have to talk we, to Snoke first, and we have to have, like, we missed the, yeah, the, the scene with Snoke first. is before... Oh, before okay. I was just going to jump to the scene where oh, they okay. fire the laser. Gotcha. Okay, oh, my bad. Do whatever you want. No, we should talk about old Snowpoke. What about Andy Sir, uh, Circus, the old three-ring circus? What were you thinking of his performance? He's doing the thing that he does, which is having a deep voice and growling at the yeah. end. I watched Planet of the Apes pretty recently. Um, it, it was jarring. <laughs> It's or no, pretty I think much it was the same. Force. The War for the Planet of the Apes trailer. I'm like, oh look, Snoke's in this movie. Nope, yeah. it's just Caesar. Snoke is. Th- you you can hear. On, I guess you can hear it because it's on Twitter. But on on Twitter, you can see like Pablo Hidalgo, who's a member of the Lucasfilm Story Group, and you can the see all there. these folks who who work for Lucasfilm getting tired of these Snoke questions. But it's a question that I understand. It's I can fair. see it would be annoying if people it's are asking fair. you, but it's fair because. The natural question is, how is this guy possible? How is there this incredibly powerful thing who apparently trains people in the dark side, has been out there, he looks a million years old, and he has all of these resources. He's in charge of this, you know, incredible weapon. And he looks stupid. (laughs) And he's a little silly. Part of me hopes that they pull the double twist and he actually is 20 feet tall. Like part, oh, okay. of, part of me actually hopes that. I don't think it's going to happen. He's probably just going to be a normal-sized person, but I, I kind of oh. like that double twist. I'm not going to go into leaks that I know about. So oh, I gotta, no. So one thing that I hope is true, um, this is a theory of mine that I had while I was watching um, Force Awakens the last time. We're talking Snoke theories? We're talking Snoke theories. Ooh. Guys, welcome to Snoke theories. We should have called it The Force is Woke. We really missed our opportunity. Welcome there. to woke theories. <laughs> My Getting theory woke with Snoke <laughs> because there's clearly to me there's a Wizard of Oz thing happening. There's mm-hmm. always Wizard of Oz with Star Wars. They're mm-hmm. they're kind of intrinsically tied together. It's the same kind of story. And my hope is that Snoke does not actually have any dark side powers at all. I hope. I hope that he's like the wizard, and I hope that he's just kind of average size, and I hope that he does not have any Sith dark side training whatsoever. He's just a rich dude with resources who's using these impressionable kids. What if he doesn't exist in the form that he portrays in the hologram? Is that what you're saying? Like if he's just... No, I think he looks the same. He looks like that? He looks like that. I don't think he's as big as that. And I don't think that he knows anything about training people in the dark side. I think he read an old Sith book (laughs) off of Luke's library. Yeah, I bought that from Amazon. Uh, Vanity Fair article. (laughs) He read the Vanity Fair article. (laughs) Yeah, have we talked about the Vanity Fair article? (laughs) Well, we should talk about it a lot as far as I'm concerned. There you go. And I remember the people on Kanto Bite, Ryan Johnson, is kind of saying these are Snoke's people. Like this is kind of the ilk that he comes from. My theory is that Snoke is a regal, rich dude. Wait, what were you? 
What, I, what noises are you making? I, I'm just thinking like this probably won't good, but just what Isaac was talking about, how the fear in the in the 70s was like big corporations, evil government, stuff like that. Yeah. The fear of like that was Kylo Ren and the alt-right movement and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And also what's the other big fear right now? Oh, I don't know, giant old rich white people. Yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> just like, oh my. It's it's pretty telling to me. I, I I was I didn't know if I should mention it or not, but yeah, like there's there has been a rise in the neo Nazi movement. Like there <laughs> yeah. are now young Nazis that yeah. are out there talking about the Nazi regime wasn't such a bad thing. Ugh. And are they British? Yes, a lot of them are. Yeah. Yes, oh. <laughs> and they're out there on stupid idiot shows who give these guys a platform talking yep. about Nazi beliefs. And I think that this movie became weirdly pressing because it's all about people who worship Nazis. That's what right. the Empire That's what was. The First Order is, and so. And if you ever question that, this speech that Hux gives is a straight-up Nazi speech. <laughs> yeah. They do the Heil Hitler thing. I'm pretty basically. sure they stole it verbatim from one of Hitler's speeches. Yeah. <laughs> While we're talking about the First Order, yeah. can we jump to the laser-firing scene? I want sure. to talk about Starkiller Base because I don't understand it. it. Let's at least put a, uh, a uh, put a little bookmark in Kylo. A little bookmark. We gotta come back. To I that. think we've got a lot to say about Kylo. He he can oh, be his own sure. separate. Yeah, we can. Part. Yeah, we sure. can talk about Kylo yeah. for. We can have our own Kylo concerned. episode. We probably could. Yeah. Um. So, ooh, before we do that, while we're talking about Snoke, this is where we get the revelation as, as an audience that Kylo Ren is is Han's oh, son. Good now choice. That's great I like that. Yeah. Because they don't make it the climax of the movie. Right. They throw it out there like. 40 minutes in, you're like, oh. Okay. It's not Han on the bridge saying, son. And yeah, like, that, that would have that would have been bad. That would have been on the nose. Yeah. Were we spoiled on that, guys? I wasn't. I was I was not. I was not spoiled. No. I was not spoiled yeah. on it. I was I was surprised, but I was, but they don't play it like, bop, bop, bop. So you're not. No. Like, it's just Snoke saying your dad is on yeah. that ship. And it has to, it was smart that they structured the story that that kind of needed to be out there to move forward. Mm-hmm. Because then the motion, the, the, it would have, made the movie less impactful had it been a twist at the end because you just know so much more about Han's state of mind in just the last scene you heard about him talking to about an apprentice to turn to the dark side, I think. So it, it gives a lot of emotional context for Han Solo. Do you know Ben was conceived on Endor, I'm pretty sure? Is that true? <laughs> like, like oh. Adam Adam Driver is 34. All the timing, yeah. 34 well, years after. I mean, that was a pretty good day. Yeah. Do you guys remember, like, in Shattered Empire, like, they actually have, like, the afterwards, like, scene of uh, Poe's parents. So Poe <laughs> oh, was really? at least conceived. Poe, yeah, he was conceived was, on Endor. Oh, There was yeah. a lot of, they're called, like, Endor babies. This is like, That's right, This yeah. is like canon. There's a lot of Endor babies. I remember babies. this now. Yeah. Yeah. This new canon is pretty neat, actually. <laughs> like it. it's, there's a lot of, like, logical things. You're yeah, like, that's silly, but it totally makes sense. Happens in real life. It does. After wartime. Lots of babies are born. Sure. Well, they're like, hey, we need to have more soldiers for the next one. <laughs> Better make a bunch of them. We go to Starkiller Base. The what's his name? This actor, Donald Gleason. Domino. Domino Gleason. It's, it's Domino. Like, it's like Domino. It's like Domino's Pizza. You can say like Donald. Donald. It's like Donald without. It's like Arthur, the bounty sure. hunter from Word Myth. Uh, Mr. Gleason, please Scared call so in. Mr. Mr. Gleason. <laughs> he gives. The reason why he was cast in this movie because he gives this speech that's amazing. Very good. Again, <laughs> Not amazing in a sense that I love what he's saying, but <laughs> again, it's like Jake wholeheartedly agrees with all the sentiments. <laughs> I put my fist up at the end of that speech every time. <laughs> it's a great speech, and yet I think it comes through that again. This is this is a kid pretending to be yes. his dad. He's overcompensating. His dad, his so dad much. was a big dude in the Empire. I don't know how far you've gotten in the aftermath series, but his dad's in that, and it was a, mm. was a big part of the Empire and the propaganda arm of the Empire. That's interesting. And and so he and he did not like his dad. But um 
it's I like it. He's he's you can yeah. tell he's kind of pretending, even though he believes what he's saying. He's acting like he's an older guy. There's just an aura of daddy issues yes. in the first order that's pretty kind <laughs> yeah. of palpable. Yeah, palpatineable. Palpatine. Now, <laughs> what I don't understand, they establish this later in the movie. It's powered by the power of the sun. Once the sun's power is drained, <laughs> that sun is gone forever. Right. What, was it intended for this always to be a one-use weapon to destroy the government and then take over from there? It doesn't seem to me like this was the Death Star was going to move around and destroy everybody. I don't see how you put a hyperdrive on a planet. <laughs> right. So, yeah. It's not, it's not established. Well, it if moves, the laser could move across solar systems or move to the end of a solar system. And split apart at perfect intervals. <laughs> you could destroy the entire galaxy. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm going to get all Neil deGrasse Jake on you and say that that's not possible. <laughs> I, it, um, no, I don't care if it's possible, but it is a little, like, the imagery of it's a little like, what? The laser knows when to split apart and go to the planet? If they had succeeded in destroying Elenium, right. it, they would have won. System. They wouldn't have needed it anymore. That's over. Like that's The what, First Order takes yeah. all their ships in because they've got the remnants of the Empire. Um, right. And they've got a ton of ships. They've got, a, they've got way more than the Resistance. And they go in, they take over, all of the leadership of the New Republic is dead. I don't think you need Starkiller Base after that. There was confusion about, you know, what is this weapon? Is it like the Death Star? Can it move around? And I think the only logical explanation is that this thing was a one-time thing. Yeah. It had to work, otherwise... <laughs> they were also going to yeah. destroy the, the Rebel Base, right? Or that's like, at the end yeah, of the movie. They, like... yeah. they have clearly kind of absorbed part of the sun for this first test fire that they do. Well, there's two. there were two suns. That's oh, is that I'm true? pretty sure there were two suns okay. there, so they took one. Then yeah, it, took it was either side. that or they took. And then it becomes right. a teeny little third one. Because uh, remember, it doesn't blow up. It just no, it, kind of it like turns back into a sun. Which is a nice yeah. little. Thing. Yeah, it's a cool. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure I understood Star Killer. Um, yeah, before we go on from that, that's uh, was a big thing about this movie, or this entire sequence. People felt may have been a victim of the editing process, where we didn't have any sort of emotional connection to the events going on at that time, because possibly there was such an aversion to adding any sort of political element beyond showing us the politics right before they get blown up. Mm -hmm. Well, have you guys seen the deleted scenes for this movie? Yeah. Not only so, well, because ones, I haven't bought the new DVD. Yeah, I haven't seen the ones. I saw the Uncar Plot one from the new one, maybe one or two more, but I don't think I've seen all of them. I believe this is on the new one. It might, might have been on the old one. The, the scene with Leia um, on the Resistance base before we meet her in the final cut. Have you seen this? So basically what it is, is it's it's her and, ooh, what's her name from Bloodlines, and she's in the movie Corsella. Briefly Dies. Corsella. Oh. Corsella's following her around, uh, like, are you seriously going to go to the New Republic with this stuff again? And she's like, yes, they have to understand what a threat the First Order is. And basically, it does a nice job in just a few seconds of establishing, like, okay, this is what the New, new Order, the First Order is. And the fact that this resistance is not kind of of official thing that there is a government but they are specifically rising up to fight this new right. that the government doesn't believe exists right or doesn't want to believe it was willfully ignorant of I, yeah now what you find out in the books is that a lot of people were in on this first order in the government and were kind of backhandedly funny right but, but in the movie you would have met leia earlier and they would have established this threat more and i i know that it's a more impactful moment to see her in han for the first time that's so good. It's, a, it's an amazing yeah. moment. But the whole movie would have been better 
you would have saved the whole movie as opposed to just one moment by having this scene earlier and you have a better understanding of what the resistance is and what the first order is and how they relate to each other. Yeah, you also would have known why the heck they were zooming in on Corsella's face because right, yeah, you like, only know her name because of bloodline, basically. Yeah. I remember the first couple times I saw the movie, I was trying to piece that all together in my head because I remember there was a woman they kind of zoomed in on when they're the uh, the first order was about to like fire the weapon and like i was like oh she kind of looks like the girl who's on uh wherever they are where they blew up the uh, right the the government i'm like maybe they're sisters and that's why we're zooming in on both their faces or <laughs> it was just one of those things where i kind of had to like try to think for myself on that the movie didn't clearly define what that was right there and like everybody i thought it was coruscant when no. it first came out i was oh, like really? oh they blew up coruscant but it's not it's Hosnian prime right I I I guess just because there were a bunch of other planets right there in that system, I figured it was. I didn't have any knowledge of uh, space topography. Well, and see, see, that's the thing for me. I I was never that confused by the first order, uh, New Republic resistance thing because I was able to piece it together a little bit. Yeah, but I I guess if you have some knowledge, even though the EU is gone, if you have some knowledge of that, things like you you know that the Imperial remnants went somewhere and like they. Yeah, I, I was never too confused, but I can see why it was confusing. What was unclear to me as someone who, you know, at the time wasn't reading any of the books or anything, was like, you know, as a, someone who was just obsessed with the movies and not the other canon, I'm thinking, well, at the after Jedi, the new government's going to take over. It's going to be just like the Republic. And at, when the Republic was around, they had a Republican guard and they had some kind of, you know army so i was just imagining it's gonna go back to prequel era kind of politics but the but, but the republic no. didn't really have an army before that's the true that's true they, they just had that little volunteer guard yeah, they like, didn't have much a little ragtag crew right, who went the, on their the jedi were basically like the intergalactic police for them and that was kind of the extent of their army so i guess i don't know what i'm talking about well and that's actually a huge thing in bloodlines is there's there's the two sides there's the side that wants things to be more independent it's and the populists and the centrists. Yes. Populists and the centrists. And, and the ones, I don't remember which is which, but the one side wants uh, an army for the Republic itself that's and the, to sort of bring things back. That's the centrists. I, I think you're right. And then the populists no, are no, the no, ones. No. The centrists are the ones who e- want each system to be governed okay, individually right. without a and central have their own government. Armies and stuff like <laughs> Maybe that. I'm wrong. Right into the show, guys. Either way, there's, there's one, one side wants a grand army of the Republic again, and the other side wants each individual you know planet what? to control that. Yeah. Stuff. I want to credit Claudia Gray with kind of confusing me on that because, <laughs> honestly, like, there is no clear analog to, like, Republicans or Democrats for the populists or centrists. She, they, she kind of borrows elements of both It's true. Sides. It's but a little it's bit of a mishmash thing. But it's, so it's kind of nice that, like, people can't say, like, well, it's obvious she's a liberal right, bias, right. whatever. <laughs> no, it's, it's a so. good choice to make these two really not these things in space real life stuff yeah it's it's fine yeah it, it, it's interesting because it makes it a, a conflict that only makes sense in the star wars universe there's no real analog to it but that while we're talking about bloodlines my whole thought reading that book was this should have been a movie, a movie. <laughs> this the can like the mythological implications of it are so important and the way that they establish how the resistance was started and kind of how the first order was. To me, it, it, it was significant enough. Like, yeah. I think it's a good, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it was so good that I think word of mouth has done that well, where I don't know. That's many, true. Many people who are interested enough to read a Star Wars book, they know about Bloodline. It's usually if there's one book that you've read or have been recommended to read in this new canon material, it's been Bloodline. Yeah, I, I kind of, Stars. I kind of like it that it's just a book. 
because it shows me it'd be that, a boring movie. That the, it'd be a, it'd be a slow movie. It would not be a main. You couldn't make it a main Star Wars movie. It'd be uh, the stars story. Yeah, and in like someday if we get a political drama Star Wars movie, I'm yeah. okay with that. But I it, it showed me that we're going to get important things in canon and like in non movie media, and I like that because I'm all about reading everything. So for me, it's, I have mixed for me it's good, it. but I understand why it's not great for everybody. We've talked about it before. I, I do have mixed feelings about having essential information that is not in the movies. Yeah, I think there's a delineation between, like, I think the movies are going to give us what we need to know, or the books are going to give us what we really want to know. So I don't, I don't that's, know if That's yeah. yeah. a bit of a bummer for me. This, this movie works even with a little bit of political confusion. Oh, sure, this yeah. movie is still really good. Oh, it's it's so, not like it's a bad movie because right. you don't. But so it, it works without it. It was one of those things where it would have been nice, maybe. For a movie like this, where it's trying to be clearly good guys and bad guys, it's better when you have more firm grasp on who the good guys and bad guys are in relation to one another. True. But, um, it doesn't really... I think it, emotionally... And visually, it's so stark who the good guys and bad guys are that it, you understand it, right. even if you don't understand the actual political logistics of how it all works. I out. think to Isaac's point of keep action out of his Star Wars books. Yes, I think they're going with keep some political stuff out of the movies. Yeah, it's it's its own arena. Make the movies exciting, but I, because they do a lot of that in uh, Catalyst too, which yeah. is fascinating. Right, and, and I. I hope that we get in eight, we get more, um, not political stuff, but force stuff. I hope they slow down and let us get some cool moments between Luke and Ray that are more philosophical than anything. I think it'll be split between the two. That's what Ryan Johnson had a lot of input in Bloodlines. My my gut reaction is that you're going to have this very force-driven, more philosophical thing that kind of expands our knowledge of what the force can be. Book of the Wills, man. We're going to get into stuff. Right. If, if they're bringing right. that book in, so we're going to get into some stuff. The Luke and Ray story is going to be very much yeah. in that realm. But I, I do think that Leia is obviously going to have a big part in this movie. Yeah. And she and whoever ends up, I, I guess Poe probably, right? Because mm-hmm. clearly Finn and Rose are going off doing their own thing. Right. So I think she is going to be on her own arc, maybe appealing to what's ever left of the New Republic, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what to do about this thing um you mentioned ryan johnson i i sure did i feel like yeah i feel like this is good as good a time as any an interesting thing i've been hearing is that it sounds like the word on the street has kind of been that jj abrams made the force awakens and then he handed it off to ryan johnson with maybe no clear like direction for ryan johnson he he gave him full autonomy which is nice but it's not like he had any idea of like okay this is kind of what i'm thinking there was no kind of collaboration between the two so do we right. really think that episode eight is going to be completely from Ryan Johnson's head and that episode seven is only going to be like amplified or made better by what Ryan Johnson does with eight or what Trevor does with nine? Are these movies, I see Riley's face and I acknowledge it, but do we, <laughs> do we think that it is like, it's going to be up to the filmmaker to kind of retrofit his movie into the last one? Or is there going to be, is there some it has sort been of straight up confirmed by Ryan Johnson because people have been badgering him about this, and they, and they say, but you had some direction as to where to go, and he says, no. <laughs> they really just gave me what you saw and said, make the next one. So what what makes me happy is that it's Ryan Johnson. Yeah, And exactly. I totally trust Ryan Johnson to do the right thing. No. And that he's leaving, he's not doing that to Trevorrow. If he was doing that to right. Trevorrow, I'd be so worried. It's the middle chapter of the trilogy, so he's going to be setting up for a big yeah. conclusion, you know? So it, it's not... 
it's not like any filmmaker is going to come in and say, you know what I want to do is make the last one worse by comparison <laughs> and make it like a worse movie. Like they're going to, they're given the script from, you know, Ryan Johnson was given the episode seven script. And he's like, okay, well this is where the story is going. This is where I think it could go. Yeah. So it, it wasn't as if he was given no context of where the story has been. Yeah. He didn't start. He's writing. just figuring out where it's going. The only next. thing I worry about is like, if JJ decided that I'm going to make this force vision and make someone else figure out what it means. I feel like that's almost kind of like a lazy way to go about things. Not having any sort of idea where you want to take this from here. Well, we know JJ's a known liar, so maybe he was lying about saying he didn't give Ryan <laughs> Johnson any... any... <laughs> well, that is interesting. The force vision, to me, is almost kind of... Well, let's talk about it. Because we're going let's to Tokadana. Yeah. And uh, we're meeting. Hey, Maz. This this force vision, I totally forgot about when we were naming our top five moments before. Yeah. This probably should have been in my top five moments. It's I, a good all time. Time. Really, all time. All time. I don't know Star if I put it in on my all time moments. Really? But oh, I love. There's it. a moment in this movie that is. I don't actually don't remember my all time moments now. I don't remember. It changes mine either, but fl- fluidly, right? We should probably do a top ten, not a top five. Yeah. And we should probably write them down first <laughs> instead of uh, not planning it. This this vision though, um, I like the bridging of eras. Mm-hmm. It bridges a lot of eras. You get some old school Obi Wan. When I say old school, I mean you and McGregor. Right, you do. <laughs> you get some you and McGregor. You get the uh, you get the the Ray. Right. Um, you get Yoda. You get Palpatine. There's a lot of there's a lot of people talking in this vision. And I, I think it's left open to interpretation, and I think Ryan Johnson can do whatever he wants with his vision, because you could go a lot of different directions with it. It seems obvious to me, you know, they do give you the context of there was um, a conflict that happened. Ray had an academy of young Jedi Knights. One of his students went to the dark side. Something horrible happened. Luke isolated himself and went into hiding. <laughs> so just, just like just like he was taught. <laughs> when you right, yeah. All of his that's true. All of his mentors All of his did masters were like, well, I messed up, better go on a rock somewhere and <laughs> yep. be sad for a long time. So there's only so many logical conclusions you can draw from that force vision, which is you are seeing the Knights of Ren, which includes Kylo Ren, oh, who I is the to... student of Luke, and you're seeing a burning thing in the background and you're seeing Luke giving some message to R2, mm-hmm. which we know is the, the rest map. of the map. Yeah. So there's only so many conclusions you can draw from it. It's just going to be interesting to see how it all fits together. But can I say, like, the, probably the thing I'm most excited for episode eight is learning more about the Knights of Ren. Yeah. You're not excited oh, about them? Oh, I am super interested. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to learn anything about them the rest of this entire yeah, remember, series. Remember Ryan no. Johnson said, like, he's we're not gonna basically, get a word. he's going to touch on Snoke barely any yeah. in episode eight. Knights of Ren, one of the things that J.J. Abrams says on this commentary. He says, I would really love to see a Knights of Ren spinoff movie. Mm. You know what that tells me? He wants to make we a We don't learn jack squat about <laughs> the Knights of Ren in this movie. I don't know. I, I don't know. What is this Knights of Ren? I, I, this is one of my notes. What do we know about the Knights Nothing. of Ren? We don't know anything. We, we know, know Ky- that they're called the Knights of Ren. There's we a know bunch of them with Kylo's really cool looking weapons. We don't know that Kylo killed every Jedi. We don't know if he if he uh. pulled some with him. We don't know. We don't know how many Luke had. We Luke's do been doing this that. for 30 years. He is, refers to Luke as the last Jedi. I don't think... Or no, the opening crawl does. Okay. Yes. No. Wait, what are you talking about? Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Refers to him as the last Jedi. 
Right, the, but if the Knights of Ren were former Jedi, former students is what I'm saying. Oh, I'm not well, saying, that's my theory. Yeah. I'm not saying they're like Jedi like from the old Republic. My general, saying, can I? Should we just do a mini predictions episode right now? No, seems, we need to do like a mini predictions. Okay, episode okay. On itself. Well, I was gonna before we moved on. I my thought on that is I don't think they're gonna do this, but I worry they might. Where they almost want to take the original trilogy route, where all we know is that Darth Vader is a guy who uses the dark side of the Force, and we really don't get. I think we have this kind of urge to explore the mythology behind that because of maybe the prequels, how much Jedi and Sith time we got. So we might be presented that Kylo Master is Knight of the Master. <laughs> what? Kylo Ren is Master of the Use Knights your words. Of... Kylo is the Master of the Knights of Ren, and that's, okay, that's what he is, and that's all the all the information we're given on it, and we don't get to take time exploring because the, uh, the plot of Episode 8 and 9 isn't going to allow us any time to slow down to explain that context. I think that's going to happen. I mean, We're just going to be down, though. Yeah. So let's talk about Maz Kanata. What do you think about this character, Riley? I don't... Like, my mind just went blank. I don't know if I have any thoughts. Isaac. I like I like Maz. I, <laughs> I like have, Maz. I have a few opinions. She's fine. Like, I, I like her castle and the people in it a lot. I like her crush on Chewie. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. That's cute. Yeah. I... It's cute. It's adorable. I, are you guys shipping Maz and Chewie? Nope. Yeah, I, I, I check, check my Tumblr. Chaz Kanata. <laughs> I choose to not. Chaz Kabaka. <laughs> Chaz Kabaka. That's the that's one. a pretty good uh, hashtag. We can get started. Hashtag Chaz Kabaka. Shipping Chaz Kabaka. <laughs> so if I this is going to be the worst thing that I've ever said. Wow. Just preparing you guys. That's a if lot I of make, things. If I can make one dumb, stupid fanboy complaint about the Force Awakens, let's hear it. Can you just throw me a Rodian? Can you just throw me a Twi'lek? You're talking about a person who rides in a rodeo? Throw me throw me an Athorian. This me is a, a lame family complaint. It is. I, I, I have fully... this as a no. I don't understand this fascination with seeing old creatures in a new movie. I just want to see one. new stuff. Just one. The, the, okay. When you're you go, seeing a, you a Wookiee. When you go through this cantina, if you intercut with clips from Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> you cannot tell that this is Star Wars or, I say, or oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Here's my thing. Seriously, throw me one Twi'lek. That's all I ask. You know all right, the, the bumblebee that got into my beehive was when Ryan Johnson, <laughs> someone asked him about, like, man, I don't see any familiar aliens in your movie either. He's like, well, it's Star Wars. It's a big universe. There were a bazillion humans on Canto Bight, so there's still plenty of room for humans, but there's I no am so infuriated no by this discussion that you guys are and having. And can I right get now. one main character besides Chewie who is an alien? That I agree with. Can I just like I just want like a friend. I want Finn to have a friend. That's that's why I'm liking is... Rebels a lot. Can I yes, re- if I'm I love retroactively I love them all. I'm gonna retroactively gripe about Rogue One for a second. No brother. We are under a speciest empire <laughs> and all of the people like fighting against the Empire are all humans. I know. And There's too many humans in Star Wars. And yeah. the Mon Calamari, and then who else? It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's. I, I don't agree with your complaint about not seeing established aliens. Just it's a little one, Jake. Just, I'd throw me a Rodian, Jake. I couldn't throw possibly it care about it. Just, I don't care. I want to see new stuff. Jake, Jake pick Jake, up the Rodian. Jake. Jake. Jake pick it up. I don't even know what those things are, what you're saying. Greedo, it, you big Greedo. dumb dummy. <laughs> 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 Jake, throw that Rodian over Why here. are you yelling at me? Throw the Rodian. I am crying in real life. <laughs> right. I just want one Rodian. All right. Now you made Ron cry. You feel look, good, Jake. Look, you I do. Good. It looks like Guardian. I know 
there's 10,000 planets in Star Wars and in the Republic there were like something like 10,000 worlds in the Republic. I know I can't even believe that we're still talking about this. I know that there's a million and we're going to keep talking about it, you jerk. (laughs) (laughs) There's 10,000 planets. I know that there's a billion, trillion, million, billion, trillion aliens out there. Throw me one Rodian. That's all I ask. Now, what do you want to talk Ryan about? Ryan Johnson, if you're listening, throw Ryan me a Johnson, Rodian for throw this me a Rodian. dorkist over here. Please. <laughs> he wants to see a thing he recognizes yep. in Star Wars. Sure do. Rodian. Stupid Rodian. You can't tell if Come you're watching on. Star Wars or if you're watching Guardians of the Galaxy. We used to be bros. <laughs> we used to. I don't to. know what happened. I used to be chill. All you had to do was <laughs> I used to be. pick up the stupid Rodian <laughs> no, sitting in the corner there <laughs> with his stupid body and his stupid green face. Instead of pick him you, up I don't think you like them at all. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw with his stupid colors over here. I barely hate everybody. Mean. Yeah. Well, let's continue talking about Maz's dumb so what about castle. Maz's castle. Stupid Maz. Hey, I, I like hate the Mandalorian Maz. flag. I recognize that. On the yeah. outside of Maz's yeah. castle. Yeah, I bet you did. You saw that you recognized it. Freaked out. <laughs> I was, you know, as many gripes as I have about Maz's castle. Maz's castle. <laughs> Maz's castle, you say? Maz's castle. Mm. Maz's castle. Well, we'll Somebody loves about. themselves. As much as I gripe about the lack of familiar aliens, I did really like Maz's castle, and I liked the, uh, the cool. designs. And it was, I was a little I bothered by the mosquito creatures. That's a little easy. <laughs> you know, uh, I heard a gripe about this as well. Griping on gripes. That should be another sub-podcast we have on this is griping on gripes. <laughs> it's the same as the complaint complaint. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, as opposed to the uh, the montage, as George Lucas commented on the erroneously Mos referred to <laughs> yes the most Eisley cantina i kind of liked the fact that we got a uh like a slow track a one shot, shot. Yeah, yeah of maz's maz's castle <laughs> yep. i enjoyed it that's i'm i'm in too deep guys words are hard for some of <laughs> for us all here. of us yeah we actually are kind of all struggling to talk today <laughs> Um, I'm gonna give us Krylet when it's when it's due. <laughs> that's, my, that's my favorite dumb joke. That's from our like our intro. Yeah, Krylet. Oh my gosh. Oh, we love our podcast. Um, <laughs> so Maz Kanata, I didn't really give my thoughts on her, but who cares? Uh, yeah, she's cool. Agreed. I wish. <laughs> well, I, I hope that we get more of her in the next one because it was a little confusing as to why she was in the movie. Yeah, if we're not gonna see her do much of anything. I mean, she was a character that imparted wisdom. Here's a big, an actual problem with the movie. For all we know, Maz Kanata died on Takadana. True. We, we never see her being transported that to the resistance the base. Process, we see her in the trailer oh, hand a lightsaber. The base. In the trailer, the you see her hand oh, the really? lightsaber to Leia in the resistance oh, really? base. Yeah, there was a deleted scene where she went to the... Well, it's deleted. The yeah. Base. Not canon. Anymore. It's not, but that's even kind of weirder that... The movie is like here's this important character, and we never see her again. For the rest I feel of like we'll get more, and we will inevitably get the story of how she. I don't know she's, if she'll show up in a movie again, but we're gonna. She's see, in episode eight. Okay, well, we're gonna see how she got the lightsaber at some point. That's gonna be a side comic book or something, which we find. Mm-hmm. What was interesting? You think that'll be a movie thing? Going back to this stinking commentary, I keep referencing. JJ, you know how the movie was originally going to open, right? Oh, finding the hand. Like, of the hand, and it was going to open with her finding the lightsaber. So, but he said we cut it because we realized that we could do something more interesting with that story in a later movie. So, I think that they'll explore it, but do you know why in the original uh, Star Wars, in 1977, a a movie that changed the world, do you know why they killed Obi-Wan? It wasn't originally in the script. It's because he didn't do anything for the rest of the movie. And so George realized it'd be better to to kill him off Mm. here because his character, otherwise he would just be sitting around the rebellion base not doing anything. Yeah. 
So, it would have been better if they either killed Mazganata or just show her stepping onto the ship for a second. I kind of, yeah. The idiot J.J. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> made a I, bad movie. I like that we'll get more Maz, because I think she's Chirrut adjacent. I don't yeah. think she's a Force user, but she there obviously... There was a deleted scene where she used the Force. Oh, really? She brought again, down a ceiling on some stormtroopers. I, I kind of want her to just be, again, someone open to the Force. She says, I'm not a Jedi, but I know the Force. Right. Movie, right? I like we're chill I, I like that. The force. Yeah. She's kind of a chill bro. Are you saying she's like a gray Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. At, she's she's a, an orange raisin Jedi. She, she's <laughs> a Jedi. Clementine that's kind of been in the sun for a little bit Jedi. So, general thoughts on Maz. Cool. General! Maz is cool. <laughs> we didn't talk about that, but who cares? Can we attack Taco Donna now? I kind of want to get to... Oh, because oh, it is like the best tabulous. scene in this movie. Oh, no kidding. I'm that glad is. you agree. When Poe kills 10 ties oh, right in a row. You, as you were saying, that I love that it's at Maz's so Castle. Good. When <laughs> that tracking shot of Poe just shooting down... Tie shooting. It's all in one shot, too. It, it is shoots tremendous. down so some good. tie flies. Then, then Finn says what we're all thinking. <laughs> that is a great pilot. Yep. <laughs> he says that is a very good pilot. <laughs> he says that so, pilot is adequate. He says that is a pilot who is he going says to be my that friend. He is a Mahdi Fawn pilot. <laughs> You're at Maz's castle. <laughs> so, but no, that I, I don't think we like joked a lot, but for real, that Poe scene where he gets all those... It's fantastic. Oh, it's and amazing. You know what I love, too, is... The shot we get where the uh, March of the Resistance starts to play faintly. Uh, and like one of the stormtroopers says, like, we've got incoming. Da, 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 da. Oh. And then you see. The, it's the Resistance. You see the X-Wings on the water. Uh, and the, uh, and the uh, distance. Uh, like, I just like fist pumped in my head the first time I saw that. <laughs> that can we now get into mm. a very. Okay. <laughs> All right, Isaac. Issuing your on. Star Wars food. <laughs> can we get into a very important thing? Yeah. Which is John Williams. I yeah we have not talked about him once. This His score. Well, let's go back to the complaint complaint. Okay, that segment. Great. Yeah, right. complaint, complaint. Let, me, let me take the complaint complaint because right. I was I was part of the complaint. I was too. In oh. the very beginning. Well, sorry nice. to interrupt you. Not. But um, <laughs> when I first hey. left this movie, the only theme that stuck in my head was Ray's theme. When when she comes down on her little on her little <laughs> ski. <laughs> Really great. That stuck with me. The rest of the movie, I I was like, I, it just didn't stick with the me. The Resistance one was the one that stuck with me, and it has grown on me and become one of my favorite soundtracks. Now. Yeah, I can hum like along to the movie as I'm listening right. to it. It's one of those soundtracks that now I just know front to back. You know, I heard someone another thing that wasn't my thought, but someone else's. But I, I appreciated the point. You know, I really don't have many of my own original thoughts. We're noticing this. Just, okay. Anyway, what I noticed is someone said that our culture has kind of. Uh, gotten away from like the albums like the the album single and when you had um the prequel trilogy like oh, the fates okay. or across the stars you needed kind of like a lead-off single mm. or like a music video to like promote. baseball i like the lead-off double if i'm gonna do anything <laughs> you <laughs> can't really do that triple play all day <laughs> sure but uh home run now like it's we're not as into like the single culture and so this this album is more like a grower like a radiohead album have we talked about, about Radiohead on the show? I In 2003, Hail to the Thief came out, and that one's a grower. Yeah. And that was a movie not a lot of singles on that one. That was a movie that changed the world. In 2003, an album came out that changed the world <laughs> by just being pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, so the main point is that I guess there were no singles necessarily on the Force Awakens soundtrack. No, yeah. It was an album that grew on you, and it did for me too. His soundtrack definitely grows on it's you, and it's it's great. very it's all the very themes. Good. What one of the things that was so awesome about the Episode Eight trailer? You, you know. 
that Brian Johnson is woke <laughs> and hip to this stuff. He his played all his force awakened hardcore in this trailer because he played like Ray's theme and the Kylo Ren theme. Oh, like he was playing time. the new theme from the new movie, yeah. he's hyping up the next the movie. It's he's not believing in just nostalgia. He didn't play the Imperial March. He played Kylo Ren's theme. Someone was oh. like, "Hey Ryan, hey, only the hits." <laughs> I've, I've, he, he, somebody, he was like, okay. Was it James Murphy? Did he say shut up and play the hits? No, nah, he's like, hey, stupid roadie in the corner. Oh. <laughs> what do you want to hear? And the rain's like, toss the hits. Because that's how a Rodian <laughs> talks. We'll get into it on a prediction episode, but I've never been as hopeful for a movie as I have been for episode eight. I have like zero reservations about this movie. I know. And it what if it's bad? We're going to sound like big idiots. Yeah, we're going to sound like big, big idiots. Remember when we were excited about episode We're going to sound like bigots. <laughs> is that short for big idiot? Yeah, it's big idiot. Is that where that word came from? <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be makes a lot sense. of sense. Idiot, just a bigot. Um, one thing that was not idiotic about this scene was Finn fighting old traitor pants. Very good. FN twenty one ninety nine. Great lightsaber fight. So visceral. Yeah. yeah. And let's. What do we think before you say your sentence, which I know you really want to I was going to try to move this podcast forward. Nope. We've only been talking about this one planet the entire 18 hours. What about Finn getting to break in the Skywalker lightsaber? Like, it it didn't, like, I guess life doesn't always Who move according to poetry. fart? Only because you want to move forward, Jake. I actually don't care. I never thought about it before. Which Wait, means I, it can't matter. Maybe that's, like, something that just occurred to me because I was like, Finn is the one who gets to break in this new lightsaber. I don't know. It was just, like... I, Story-wise... The whole movie is... I think it's because he's woke. The Force awoke. Yeah. He's trying to... I mean, the whole movie is kind of trying to fake you out. I don't understand why it's doing this. That Finn is going to be the Jedi. I was going to say, was this like a marketing misdirection almost? It was. Yeah, the, I mean, all, the all the marketing, you, you never, never saw Ray with the lightsaber. No, you always saw Finn with the lightsaber. Which was great because the moment, oh. which we'll get to later, where she leans down oh. in the snow and cries, oh. was so amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's get to... <laughs> Are we leaving Taco Donna? Yes. Let's go ahead let's and leave talking about Well, we do see Han and Leia meet for the first time in oh, a while. Very good Kylo moment. takes Rey away before that. The theme comes in. He screams, Han and Leia. the girl I've heard so much about. When 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 the theme, Han and Leia's theme comes in when they first meet. Oh, boy. And then 3PO busts so his ugly great. face in the I didn't realize perfect. how much I loved C-3PO until I saw him again. That's great, yeah. I feel like J.J. Abrams really does understand these characters. You missed like, your friend, didn't you? I missed my little buddy, 3PO. Isaac missed his friends... In Rogue One, he said, "Hey, my friends." When C three PO and R two came up, when I saw C three PO, I was like, "Hey, that's my old bro mm-hmm. chilling out." C three MC. So we then go to the Resistance boss, <laughs> and this is away from Moss's castle. From Moss's castle, and um, or do we then go to the interrogation of? This is my favorite scene in the whole movie. I kind of want to talk about Kylo and all at once because I really yeah. like. Let's talk about Kylo. Kylo because this is a good time. Done Kylo now. <laughs> this is just good time for me personally. If we I go my all the way back, talking first about Adam Driver, talking Moff, and he looks so much like Harrison Ford. Oh, he actually does. You see that one, that, that one picture really yeah. that they had where they intercut? Oh yeah, you can't tell. Man. It was tremendous. <laughs> yeah, great casting. Which yeah, yeah absolutely. Like but a also fisherman. Be, also because he. Can act really well too. I was like, about yeah. to say that's what yeah. I was going to talk about. Adam Driver's performance with the mask on in this movie. So good. My goodness. Did you notice mm. there was just? I'm rubbing my belly right the, now. You, at listeners at home, he's not. He's, yeah, he's he lied to you. <laughs> he pulled a JJ. He lied to you. He's old JJ. 
Jake, Jake Abrams. <laughs> he's out here telling people that Khan's not going to be the bad guy in Star Trek Into Darkness. <laughs> and he's full of poop. Such a weird hill to die on. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Who is still upset I about am that? Besides people on the AV I am Club one of the comments. mountain dwellers from Ward Mantell, and I'm just going <laughs> to die up there. <laughs> You're a mountaineer. <laughs> anyway, when uh, Snoke says, it's in the hands of your father, Han Solo, when Kylo says he means nothing to me, you notice like, he gives like the slightest like tilt. To me. Yeah, he like gives like the slightest tilt of his head, like where just like emotionally he's trying to like shake off that sentence because. And how is he acting with the mask on? That's what's so impressive about him. He, they always talk about he went to like the Juilliard, whatever, and like one of the courses is acting with a mask. On. Oh yeah, that's and true. supposedly that's like <laughs> well, his his like like special trick from Tony Hawk. That's is <laughs> acting with a mask on. Comedy, comedy bang bang. Yeah, it's comedy bang bang. <laughs> I can't think of the name. It's not cinema verite. It's comedia dell'arte. I heard uh, what's his name Rain Wilson talk about that for 80 minutes on a Mark Maron episode one time (laughs) it was pretty boring check it out the angle they go with Kylo being pulled to the light side is such a great twist on a classic Star Wars trope what's so and see that's what people talk about this being a rip off of A New Hope but what's so great is what this movie does a nice job of you, you didn't do in the original trilogy or even the prequel trilogy is you focus in on the mentality uh, of two ostensibly villains, one of which is Finn, starts off as a stormtrooper, who you've grown callous to, you don't care about them, puts a human face on it, something we've never seen before. Um, And then you have Kylo Ren, when we saw Darth Vader for the first time, who's fully formed, you you just knew he was intimidating. Now we have a guy who's trying to be Darth Vader, (laughs) who's unsure of himself, and we are seeing, basically, a dark side user in training. I have to keep not saying a Sith because I'm not entirely convinced that they're not exactly the same thing. What a Knight of Ren and a Sith so far seem exactly the same. I don't know. Like I'm not I, straight edge on to form the labels. There's a there's a mentality I think to being a Sith that that Kylo doesn't. I, yeah. I don't I don't know. It, we'll get into it on our Force and Jedi episode, but. I think just I, because you use the dark side of the Force well, doesn't make you a Sith. This is why I'm not entirely... I apologize. I, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know what? Go ahead. Cause what I was going to say is probably stupid and lame. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my, uh, my main thing was that I think Sith are maybe more devoted to the religion of Sith. Yeah. And I think that Kylo is... Speci- like Hux kind of calls him he's, out on it. He goes to a non-denominational church. <laughs> yes. He, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Kylo is really out for himself. Because remember, Hux calls him out for it. Like toward the beginning of the movie, yeah. Like, don't let your personal feelings get in the way from or as leader Snoke. So, like, mm. Kylo has his own agenda. And I think the Sith ideal ideology has nothing to yeah. do with where he's going. Right. This is another reason why I feel hot take corner that I don't think that Snoke. I think he's full of crap. I don't think he like has any that. dark side powers. He's all all he's saying is platitudes that anybody who knows anything about the dark side would say. <laughs> yeah, use your anger. Blah blah blah. He's not giving him any actual training. I think that this emotional intensity that he has is uh, it's going somewhere. I don't know that I want to see redemption for him. For you know Snoke what? Or for Kylo? For Kylo. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, should Lord. Kylo be your redeemed, guys? I have such a good prediction about Kylo. I won't get into it on this episode. Good. I think he might be redeemed in the same way uh, Vader was redeemed. It's not that. It's not a. Re- it's not. It's not, it's not. It's not really a it's redemption not that. in my eyes. Back to your tissue analogy. <laughs> it's not that. Thank you. Full I don't. Circle. I don't really consider Vader redeemed. Yeah, but it's pretty. Oh. Debatable. Hey, Mr. Unforgiving well, well, over here. We were yeah. in the hot take corner. We were. And I had on my oven mitt, so I was yep. able to catch yep. it. Yep. No problem. Let's get out of here. So, going then, resistance base, I, I'm a little 
non-caring, <laughs> a little non-denominational about this feeling or the visual of the resistance base looking exactly like Yavin, basically. Like, it's not a particularly interesting direction for them to go as far as the visual nature of the resistance base. It's just, yeah. They're still X-Wings. They're still the 1977 screens. The only thing that I can say about that is... It's stuff that was lying around, and they're kind of a scrappy That and Han, after the, the Ben stuff, the Kylo stuff, turning into Kylo, Re- reverted back to his old ways. He reverted back to Han Solo, going around the galaxy, getting in trouble. True. Leia reverted back to the only thing she knew, which was the rebellion. She's yeah. the one. She's the one in charge of the resistance. And if she's making the choices of here's where we do this, this is what our base of operations. Lo-. Not that she's like the interior decorator of the resistance base, but she's the one leading it all. And she kind of reverted back to her old ways as well. Guys, talking about Han and Leia. What's what interests me is both Han and Leia address Snoke in this movie or talk about him, Leia to Han and then Han to, to Ben. I wonder how much they know about him because yeah, as Jake talked before, maybe Snoke is someone who's just using Kylo and he's kind of like he's a rich con artist. I wonder if Han and Leia know this too, but they weren't able to talk Kylo out of it before he got brainwashed by Snoke. Yeah, Snoke is not a mystery in this movie to the people in the movie. Han and Leia are they very, know exactly very, who Snoke like, is. Snoke did this, and it, that's that's a weird angle to take. That's it's true. Also, yeah. means to believe that Snoke is Snoke because both Han and Leia refer to him as Snoke, right? Which would be a weird thing to call oh, somebody by their. I don't them. subscribe to any theory that he's any. You don't think he's character. You don't think he's Mace Windu? <laughs> <laughs> no. I've not. The only th- I understand he's the Plagueis thing. <laughs> that is a funny joke to make because people don't like him, and what if he was the thing that people don't like? So yeah, I don't. Um, I've never really thought that he was anybody. Now, let's talk about this. We didn't talk about it at all. I never. My favorite Ray theory mm-hmm. was that she was just some kid. I never yeah. liked the idea that she was any existing character's kid. I wanted her to be her own character that was maybe even just seen as like a freak by her family. They didn't know what to do with her. And they dumped her somewhere. I'll get into another theory I have on our predictions episode, but that I don't want her to be the parent, or the, I'm sorry, the child of anybody significant. I don't want her to be the parent of anybody parent, significant no. yet. I don't think she's ready. <laughs> she's just coming into her own as a person. Um, I don't think that she's anybody's kid. Something, yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay if she's just a nobody. I'm, o- I'm kind of okay if she's somebody too. You know, it, I, I guess it just depends on who it is. If she turns out to be like Lando Calrissian's daughter. That'd be weird. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> a weird angle to take for the but, movie. But, yeah. You know what it comes down to is I start to realize after a while that my opinion on this is insignificant, so I just stop sharing it with people because I think to myself, well, whatever they do is good as long as they do it well, which is yeah, what you say true. about anything ever. I will like this thing if it is good, <laughs> which That's is... That's true. What a bold stance to take. That is like the lowest common denominator of opinions to have on anything. I like the things that are good. I forgot to mention something about when we were talking about Ravy and Mar- Mary Sue. We're not uh, professional podcasters, so say it now. I, the the fact that people say she gets her power so quickly, garbage, garbage, and I don't, garbage-y I don't think this is the first time she realized she could do something special. That's interesting. She's on that planet by herself, alone. She she is waiting for these people in in an almost an obsessive way for people to come back and get her. Right. I think she knows, she makes the joke to BB about she's classified as well, which I don't really think she is classified. I think it's just a joke. It's kind of a meta thing. I think she knows that she is, 
not important because I don't think she thinks of herself that way, but there's something about her, and I think she realizes she can use the Force. She she's heard of Luke Skywalker. She's heard of these legends, and so when she's put in the opportunity of oh can I force mind trick this guard to give me his weapon and to let me out? She's probably heard stories of Luke doing that before or, or, or the Jedi doing that. I think right? that she is aware of her force abilities. I kind of thought hmm. that was, I see where you're coming from. I kind of chalked that up to where she was like, Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth. I think maybe she has heard like, like everyone in the universe maybe has heard kind of just tall tales of the Jedi that have been right. told over the years. Like, yeah, they could, uh, they can influence people's minds, and they can move objects with their minds, and they can right. wield lightsabers. Maybe she exactly, just... yeah. Well, she lives far away from anywhere else, so it's and she's lives by herself. Yeah, I don't think they have like a newspaper stand at Jakku. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> let's talk about the ending of this movie on Starkiller Base. So, one thing that I like about Starkiller Base, I kind of complained about it being just a snow planet, but what's really neat about it, it doesn't just look like the Death Star, because it's a actual planet that they've built technology into kind of once again going back to this technology being combined with with naturalistic things so as kylo ren storming in the hallways you'll see that there's you know panels and computers and things but you'll see rock formations too like it's a big cave which i think is a really neat aesthetic Uh, do you think that this planet is a planet that they found that was full of like kyber crystals or something like it was it had some kind of uh, geothermal weirdness to it, has, or something. Has it been debunked that it's um Ilum? I I don't think it has. It hasn't been. I don't think it's been. Somebody comes. confronted um one of the story group guys on it. They didn't like. They need to yeah. get a lot of power. Ilum, describe that for layman yeah. like myself, Riley. Okay, I know yeah, about so it. Ilum, it's it's in the Clone Wars, so it is it is canon. It it used to be in a lot more. It was in the Old Republic stuff and all over the old legends. But Ilum in new canon is the planet where Jedi get their kyber, kyber crystals for their lightsabers. Um, when you're a young Padawan and you're cr- constructing your first lightsaber, Yoda, for some reason, is the one who would take you to Ilum to find the crystal that calls out to you to build your lightsaber. It's it's actually a pretty cool arc in the Clone Wars. I recommend going to look it up. I don't know what it is, but go look it up. It's, it's later on in the show. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere later on, an episode of a bunch of Padawans going to get their crystals. So... Anyway, this whole planet is full of kyber crystals, and if you're going to build a giant super laser and you need a lot of kyber crystals, as we know now from from new canon with the Death Star, new from, Rug, from, from, from Rug One, um, <laughs> this would be the ideal place to build Starkiller Base. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the theory I want to subscribe to as well until that's debunked, because that just makes the most sense where you have a snow planet that has mm-hmm. elements of the Force and kyber crystals on it. It just makes sense, so right. I want to... I think also, based on the star map, doesn't it kind of fit into where Ilum was? It fits in the right area. Oh, yeah. man, I want to talk about that star map. It's not episode-worthy. I just want to talk about it as friends. Sure. <laughs> Guys, we can we all we... agree to bro out and talk yeah, about the star map? Yeah, I just want to bro out. I'm going to say, I don't know if we've really talked as friends yet. I think we're just <laughs> it's kind of weird, but... It's a professional <laughs> thing. <laughs> we kind of only talk on the podcast these days, but... <laughs> and through text and through about texts. the podcast. Um Guys, our friendship's dying. You donate to our Patreon. Are you guys? To be fair, I never really had a friendship with Jake before the podcast. Yeah, that's true. It probably won't after, frankly. (laughs) With any now, that's offensive. I Riley's a chill bro. We'll probably be friends afterwards. I would hope so. (laughs) Not if I have anything about it. Genuinely upset me in my heart hole. (laughs) So let's talk about um, the the finale here. 
finale. The finale. In Maz's Going back to this <laughs> this Mari Sue Ale. thing. I want to go back to Mari Sue. I'm not buying into this complaint that Ray figures out the Jedi mind trick too quickly. Barf, barf, barf. My favorite. That's, barf. How, that's my response to sure. Hey, Daniel, barf emoji. Did you know Daniel Craig was the stormtrooper in this? What? I don't believe you. So did you the, know that uh, Charles Dickens was paid by the was, <laughs> was his name FN007? It that was. Good. It was. It yeah. was actually. Yes, it was. So, <laughs> my favorite scene in the whole movie is Kylo uh, trying to pull the information out of Ray's head. I love this moment between them. The island. The island. Why is she thinking about the island? Because she's seeing things. She's in the future. woke. She's woke. She's woke. Love it. The force has woke. And is she lit though? Is she bay? <laughs> is she on the flip flop? Is she on fleek? Is she on fleek? Is she on Kashyyyk? So. We're talking about Star Wars The Force Awoke. And I want to know, well, first of all, the sound design that our old buddy Matt Wood does. The the weird, nebulous, garbly sound that happens when Kylo Ren's doing his Force mind pull is amazing. The moment that always gives me chills is by old Matty Wood is when Ray realizes that she's inside his mind too mm. and she says you're afraid she has this realization of it you're afraid that you'll never be as good as Darth Vader I get shows every time and he has a look of horror on his face and so she realizes that she can be she can be inside somebody else's mind yeah and that will affect their emotions right. so it's logical to me that she then thinks Ooh, what if I could can I do, do that again else? what if I could do that again someone with a think hole who uses it <laughs> right so that to me, is not a leap. I don't understand why that's no. such a... Th- that's impossible. It's like these people don't like women, and they're just trying to find ways to take her down. That's a incredible theory we could explore a little bit, I think. Yeah, I, it's a little bit of a silly complaint to me. Um, let's let's start to move... We need to wrap this up. We here. do. We're, so, we're on. how do you... F- Here's the thing that I gotta say falls flat for me. I don't think... It never worked for me. It doesn't work now. The X-Wing section of this finale is just a complete wet fart to me. Like, it just doesn't land at all emotionally or viscerally. It's just... They don't stage it well. It's not like A New Hope, where the whole thing is riding on the X-Wings to do their thing. It's not like Return of the Jedi. It's just... Well, we'll have some X-Wings to do with things. I, I, think I know that they established the thermal oscillator. Yeah. I think you need it because as much as people like yourself complain about that can you imagine <laughs> the complaints they would get more if just somehow han and and finn and ray had to blow it up from the inside like that what, would have been better what's the op but that would have been better like what is there a switch somewhere there in is literally switch? a switch i don't know I yes don't know it would have been better you to put me. the master switch in this movie that song and <laughs> play the song the master switch yeah it would have been great. Your, me, your shoelace song gives me more poe flying I like Poe. That's flying. true, but what if Poe just went by himself and then he could take him and Asti with him? What if he just went on like a hey, nice Sunday drive? And then, we yeah. need snaps too. Don't what forget if, snaps. Nope. Nope. No snaps. <laughs> what about the guy that says, "But no damage." That's Asti. Hello, Asti. That's right. The Hello Asti. Imagine Asti. No, it's Hello Asti. <laughs> just chill, broing on Starkiller Base, and they're flying around. And Poe's like, "Man, we gotta blow this thing up." He's like, "I'm shot like twelve times," and Asti's like, "But no damage." I've He's like, "I know what you mean, Asti. I know what you mean." I made it very clear. I'm like all on board with the space. Stuff. Oh, I am too. I'm but just, even as like, a fan yeah. of those things, to me, that it wasn't particularly well executed in the editing. I think they cut away from it for too long yeah. to remind you that it's happening, and then you don't see anything of it for like fifteen minutes. 
And then they randomly cut back to it while Ray and Kylo start fighting. And they're like, hey, there's a hole in that oscillator. It's like, that happened 10 minutes ago. What are you talking about? You know, to me, this kind of uh, is kind of congruent to the space battle in episode one where I feel like it kind of had to be there. And maybe yeah. the, the passion for that scene maybe kind of showed to where, like, the movie makers knew this kind of has to happen. So let's get this over with. Obligation is never the best you're not filmmaking wrong. thing. You're not I mean, wrong. It, it's just, it, it's not like it's horrible. It just, yeah. it, no. In terms of a movie which has such, like, high highs, this one is just, it doesn't quite land for me. Like, a ship sometimes will land on a right. landing strip. You know what doesn't fall flat? It's Han Solo dying. <laughs> he kind of falls flat, but. Oh, <laughs> yeah! Does it really? You don't no, care? No, he about falls it? flat. Oh, I was making a terrible joke. His dumb face. He falls down. What an idiot for dying in this scene. No, the scene itself is awesome. It, what's good about it is that they don't play it like it's going to be a big twist. It's inevitable from the moment you see that walkway, you're like, oh, he's dying. You know what he's did you dead. guys think when I you knew, saw Han Solo die? I thought he was going to die when they announced that he was going to be in the movie. That's what I agree with you. Yeah, I, I knew and right Once I saw that he was going to be the mentor character, I was like, oh, for my, sure he's My dead. question was whether or not Chewie would go with him, and I'm glad he didn't. But like all through the movie, I'm like, boy, I hope Chewie doesn't have to die too. I love. I, I, I knew Han was gonna die. It was a nice choice to not have Chewie die because yeah. I, I, they're, they're the moment where Ray looks over to Chewie at the end. They both kind of give each other like a little nod. Yeah, and, like he, a chill and bro. she's like, <laughs> like they're kind of chilling out like a couple of bros, and they yeah, nod yeah. each other. It's so great because Chewie's kind of now the emissary of the Millennium Falcon, and she's yeah. like the new pilot. It has more weight. Yeah, the fact that he's there, like, wow, you she's the Chewie's new Han concept. Solo and the new Luke Skywalker. Also, like, we don't, they don't. It's never addressed in movies and stuff, but Chewie is like two hundred and fifty some years old. And he's like, not he's even middle aged yet. He's not even middle aged, so it's like this this dude. As much as he loves Han Solo, this is a dude who's been around for a long time and is going to be around. He still canonically has a family too. Which that is was right. like right. basically his friend at summer camp who we never saw again. That's what Han Solo was. Kind of, yeah. It's his, his little blip in his life, but I don't think that's true. No, it's it, I. He's always going to remember Han, but. He's been with this dude for 30 years out of his 500. Oh, that's that's reductive to their friendship. Do you know what, though? Have you Did you see that comic that went around that was like the, the moment where oh, Chewbacca aims at Kylo Ren? Oh, and yeah, the flashes back. The fan-made comic. To, yeah. It was a fan-made comic, yeah. Not canonical. Yes. Don't tweet a Pablo about this. <laughs> where it, it just shows a flashback of Kylo being born. Or something, yeah. Chewie's holding Kylo. He's letting him ride on his back. You would have known him as a baby. Right. And nice the last moment. second, he he aims yeah, yeah, down. Man, that's even just heartbreaking. The movie itself. What did you guys? What was your immediate reaction when the lightsaber went through the old stomach hole? <sighs> I didn't care about that. Oh, I cared. It was sad. <laughs> I but didn't care. My, the big thing that got me, and it like affected me every time for a long time, still gets me. Still gets me is when about. Leia feels it through the oh, force. She no, feels no, his no. light go out. That is the thing that impacts me. The thing that gets me is when they cut to Chewie and Chewie yells, and then that starts, part and then starts going crazy. That's what time. gets me still I every time. In my inner monologue learn. that we talked about before, I was talking His about his friend at summer movie. camp. You said, <laughs> "Okay, yeah, well, You're it just... sucks in the moment when you gotta leave, but you gotta move on at some point, you little weirdo." But <laughs> he's like, "Ah, my friend from summer camp." No, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm but he gets stabbed in like my inner monologue. It's like. It, it became real at that point. It was like, your inner Montalban. Your inner Gramhoff Montalban. My inner Ricardo Montalban was yeah. like, Han Solo hey, is... did you know J.J. lied about oh my goodness. Ricardo Montalban? I like... It It shows how powerful Kylo is, because he's, he's largely untrained, but he's also extremely powerful. When he gets shot with this 
And you've With seen this people fly that, yeah, it's back. It's been established that yeah. this thing wrecks normal people. Mm-hmm. And he just sort of stumbles back. He gives a oh, stern glance. Guys, I, I, well, we're talking about Kylo. Yeah. And we're going to talk sports. Oh, no. My, <laughs> not if you I, hit the 15-second forward button. So, to me, what Kylo Ren is... Texts is in. We Wow. <laughs> it's crazy that everyone has to text right now all of a sudden. It's interesting. But what Kylo talking? Ren is is he is like the and one mixtape basketball player where he is like really powerful at a couple things like he is really good at dribble driving this and doesn't dunking. Even deserve the theme but no. don't don't put it in show I want people to know what this sounds like to us but Kylo <laughs> does not have the fundamentals of a guy who could actually make an NBA team so he's a dark side user that has a couple really cool powers but he's still incredibly raw and there's he's still out of control but he's really good at stopping blaster bolts he's really good at reading minds and he's also pretty good at like the brute force, whatever that that's required to not be obliterated by a bowcaster. He, he does one really great trick too, as well, as well too. I love that he starts hitting himself when he's about to fight. Brilliant, Finn oh, yeah. and Ray, and he keeps hatred. doing it. And so the pain and the hatred that he's feeling, and it's just amplifying his power. He still gets beat. But yeah, you know it's what? good. Kylo was not a chill bro in that scene. You know what? No. <laughs> I wanted him to chill out a little bit. He yeah, would he not chill. He had no chill. He Calm down. Chill. Sit down at our podcast table. The dude was so not woke, he was asleep. I was just to say, yep. he needs to be woke. we got to talk about the lightsaber scene, and then we can really wrap yeah. this up. Actually, let's skip past it. Can we just agree no, that no, it's no. great? We can't skip past the lightsaber. Okay. Because one of the greatest moments is when she pulls the lightsaber to her. Might be my top one moment. Yeah, that's a great. That's yeah, just like the music that comes in there. Perfect. Did you, yeah, that was another first time I saw this movie. That was like an, that was where the emotions really exploded, yeah. like the positive ones. Where I'm like, it's just any knowledge that you have of the saga of Star Wars when you know in that one moment the implications of her catching that lightsaber. You're like, wow, like the story has been kind of going this way, but now we've officially been given permission to like raise our hero now. Yeah, raise journey is the one we're going to follow. There's just so much. Star Wars emotional impact in that one little moment. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the very end, which is Luke Skywalker mm. and Ray Skywalker. <laughs> well, I don't know, no, right now. Ray Palpatine. Ray Palpatine. No. <laughs> Stay tuned for our episode eight predictions. This moment, first of all, the Jedi Steps theme so is so great. I like that song. I like that song a lot. I didn't realize how much. I love Luke Skywalker until he turned around in this scene and I was like seeing him as the Obi-Wan character the inevitable Obi-Wan character you guys want to hear about how that moment was ruined for me until the third time I saw that movie no I don't want it to be ruined okay so the first time I saw The Force Awakens do you think he was farting or something (laughs) (laughs) we're not that kind of show I promise no farts okay the first time I saw this some nincompoop who's running the lights in the movie theater he turned on the lights in the no movie theater. No way. Right as the moment swelled, right before Luke takes his, his little hood off. What? The, they must have thought the movie was over. That's they were weird. like an automatic They must have timer. it on a timer, yeah. And the light went on, and everyone's like shuffling in their seats and looking around. And the moments were in there, so that was the first time. The second time I saw The Force Awakens, the she's going up the Jedi steps. And there's a family of mountain dwellers, one row beneath me. That's what they were. There was, like, a father and his two adult sons, very, very adult. But for some reason, this father felt the need to yell and smack his grown sons in the head. 
during this part and to yell at them things that mountain dwellers yell at each other while Guys, this is let's happening. Be, if you're confused about this weird term that Isaac's using, please listen to our bonus episode. Second bonus episode, yeah. It's not a racist... Well, I don't think it is. I don't know what's in Isaac's heart, but we <laughs> meant it in reference to actual mountain so, dwellers in Star Wars. TLDR, I didn't get to experience the emotional impact of this until my third viewing, which kind of sucked. But looking, <laughs> watching this now, I, it still hits me emotionally every single time, and I love to death. And when, got... when he turns around, mm-hmm. they play when the Imperial March slow down. <laughs> notice that? No, I didn't notice that. Did David Collins oh, talk yeah. about it? No, oh, I talked about it with right. my brain. Mm. Yeah. So, Riley, do you like Luke Skywalker in Star Wars? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, okay. I do. Is Luke Skywalker going to win an Oscar for <laughs> The Last Jedi? Star Wars no. will never win Oscars. Well, besides sound and Visual editing effects and, and things like yeah. that. But no, it's never. an actor is never going to win an Oscar I was for say, Star Will Wars. a genre film actor ever win an Oscar? No, absolutely not. Besides a Heath Ledger. Ledger. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no. Live in our hearts and minds. I, I, it doesn't matter how good Mark Hamill is. He's not going to win an Oscar. He, yeah. If he's really good, he might get nominated. After all, after all, after all the heat that the Oscars have gotten lately for just many things, yeah. the Oscar, you know, they they are they're trying to be woke and they're not gonna <laughs> take the biggest film franchise and nominate like some white actor that's been in all the movies well, and then true. nominate that dude. But yeah, an old guy know. in a genre film, I guess that might be outside. It's her probably realm. not. I would say don't. But why does that matter? Why can it doesn't enjoy matter. his performance? It doesn't, Riley. Does it? <laughs> Get out of my house, Jake. <laughs> Guys, uh, if you're listening to the show and you enjoy it, let us know. We really appreciate hearing feedback. We love you. We love you. We, we don't love, you love each other right now. Can no, right now I'm so I'm. There's you, a part that was cut see, out of the show where I proved Riley wrong. If you could see the steam coming out of my ears right now, guys, we it looks like a cartoon other, we love tea kettle. The listener and. Please rate us and review us on iTunes. Preferably five stars. Hey, we'd love it if you gave us six stars, but they won't let you. Please write us over email. Tell us what you like or don't like about the show. Um, if you don't like something... If it's us, we can't help yeah, you. Um, <laughs> if you don't like us and things that we're doing, that's probably going to keep happening. We're sorry. If, if you, you don't wanna... like external factors like the conditions of mankind, <laughs> we also can't change that. So that's unfortunately. But you just talk to us. You mail can us, still email us. Mail us a letter by Carrier Pigeon. Just write the letter, put on a little Carrier Pigeon. Use the return address from the um, copy of Orb Mantel that I might have shipped you, <laughs> yes. or the beefaroni noodles that I might have shipped you. Or just in the whisper mail. in the Carrier Pigeon's ear. Grandma's talking. They don't know what to do. Yeah. We train Carrier Any pigeons. pigeon that you come across, if you whisper one. a yeah, podcast name in its ear, you're a basic pigeon. So, for another week, Riley was the host. I don't know if you remember that. Are we going to plug our Twitter? Oh, I did forget that. I don't really care. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes, I guess. I don't care. Grand Moff talking, no apostrophe (laughs) on Twitter. E-Y-E-W-R-E-C-K-I-R-E-C-K. I'm Isaac at Twitter. Mm, Riles Bowman at Twitter. Yep. At Twitter at Jacob Kreitz. At Twitter, jacob.com slash Kreitz. Slash Yahoo. Dot com. Dot backslash Crete Thoughts. Yep, that's it. Uh, so yeah, I, I I am still hosting this apparently. Oh yeah. Um. So for yet another week, this has been Grand Moff talking. We hope to see you guys again. Please come and visit us. Probably not some so. other time. Um. But this has been delicately curated, long form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic. Brought to you lovingly. No, brought to you weekly in lovingly increments. What? What? <laughs> 
lovingly and weakly. <laughs> Why do you double back to say it the wrong doesn't thing? Work the other way. <laughs> By the loquacious yet soothing voices of your host, Riley, who is 100% perfect in the intro, Jake. That's me. And Isaac. Here I am. Here we go. And goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye forever, <laughs> probably. <laughs> That's the kind of reviews that we're gonna get. Yes. People that don't. This would be great. This would be better if they didn't laugh at everything they say.